Madison, you keep giving him the ball. He is England's Kevin De Bruyne. That simple. And Harry Kane won't need to keep going deep to look for the ball. He'll be the guy on the end of it. Welcome back to TFC Story. Today, a bonus episode uh, where we're going to focus on the English national team and do a little bit of an England World Cup preview um, to coincide with our Canadian preview that we just did. Obviously, Lawrence, England is close to your heart. Uh, so maybe let's just start talking about the, the team because the official squad has been released. Maybe just start with your overall thoughts of who's in and who's out. Yeah, I mean, it's quite difficult to talk about the... Overall, who's in, who's out. I think we should talk generally about kind of expectations. What do we really think this England team can do? Where are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? And I think a lot of the time, you know, if you, if you know too much, it can actually work against you. So actually, Alan, I'm going to ask you a few questions as well about your expectations. Um, I think the first I, thing to I say... I do know a thing or two about knowing too much information. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, so I think the first thing to say is England, as... With every squad in my lifetime, is able to pick a squad entirely made up of world-class players. What you do with them determines how far you get. And I think we've seen in the last two tournaments that the thing that held England back for many, 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 many years is Wayne Rooney. You can talk about, oh, he's England's top scorer of all time. Yeah, by default. You play enough games against San Marino, you're going to get the hat-tricks. It's that simple. When it came to tournaments, which is what international football was really all about Wayne Rooney had a fantastic 2004 Euros and was frankly fucking shit in every tournament after that so saying he scored loads in qualifications and friendlies it's like being a Premier League player and only scoring in the FA Cup and the Carling Cup or whatever it's called now Carabao Cup so yeah he was the guy that held, held England back and you saw the second he was out of the team 2018 World Cup semi-final 2020 Euros, which was played in 2021, final. You've seen Harry Kane be more of a leader and a better goal scorer than Wayne Rooney ever was for England. So I think England's hopes for the World Cup do rest a lot on Harry Kane. And when I say that, I mean both in terms of what he brings to the table in the positives, but arguably also what he takes away from the team in his negatives and how they are addressed, which I'll come to in more detail in a moment. But going into the World Cup, Alan, can you see England winning it? Yeah, <laughs> I can. So in some ways, so again, full disclosure, I'm a bit of a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as well. And um, the joke with Leafs fans is that this is always going to be our year, and it never is. And with, with England, it always feels like it's going to be their year. This time, the Cup's coming home. And... So I've been I've been uh, I've been scorned before um, supporting England from from afar. Um, so I'm cautious, but I'd say cautiously optimistic because, as you said, it's a squad completely full of world class players. They've got the experience from the last tournament. Um, going to the, it seems like things are moving in the right direction. I know there's a lot of question marks over Gareth Southgate, Southgate at the moment, but I think that's unfair. I think the the you judge these guys on the performances in the, the tournaments, the major tournaments, and 
England have done quite well and look good for this one as well. So, yeah, cautiously optimistic is what I would say. Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me, I would say. Um, let's get into the squad then. Let's talk about it. I mean, the difference, I guess, with this episode and the, and the Canada national team episode that we, we recorded previously is that the squad has been announced. We know the 26. And, you know, I already had my gun ready to... Uh, you know, shoot, uh, shoot Gareth Southgate with my words. <laughs> yeah, let's make that clear. <laughs> um, with the, yeah, what I expected to be the exclusion of James Madison. And he's made the squad. And I think that was the big decision uh, that he had to make. And he's made the right call there, I would say. I'll talk a little bit more about why I believe that to be the case, you know, as we get into attackers, as we get into you know, the, 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 the forward positions. But I guess we'll start with the defence and kind of go through the squad and talk about expectations. So I think there's a lot of a lot of hate these days for Harry Maguire. He's made the squad. Alan, do you think he deserves it? Oh, I think he deserves to be in the squad just for his experience. I mean, technically, he's the captain, right? Um, but I wouldn't have him in my starting 11. He hasn't been playing club football. Um, I think there's better choices ahead of him, I, I believe. But what do yeah, you think? Yeah, I think, well, John Stones is a guaranteed starter. And it's a question of, do you pair him with one guy? Do you pair him with two guys? And who should those guys be, basically? Now, I think, he, I think that, that Southgate is still going to start Maguire and Stones. But I think Eric Dyer has done really well. Got himself back into not just the squad, but the team. Ben White's played fantastically. He could be a starter. Uh, Kyle Walker could play as a third centre-back. I don't know if I'd start him in a two. Um, and then you've got guys who've been overlooked, like James Tarkovsky, like um, Tomori and Smalling, who both play in Italy. And I feel like it's out of sight, out of mind. Personally, I would have taken Tomori uh, ahead of Connor Cody. But overall, realistically, Harry Maguire was never going to not be picked for the World Cup squad. So it was a case of Cody, Tomori, Smalling... Uh, Tarkovsky, one of those four for the final position, because I think the other three were pretty much yeah, nailed on. And he was always going to take Kyle Walker, because Kyle Walker offers you so much as a right-back, as a right-wing-back, as a third centre-back, with his pace, with his experience. He was never not going to make the squad, even with his injuries. So I think we can agree on that. But yeah, Tomori, for me, should have been in the squad. He went to Italy. He won the league with AC Milan. I mean, you can't ask for much more. He's been overlooked. I think that's a shame. Um, Alan, any, any thoughts? Well, one of the criticisms of, of Gareth Southgate is that he, he has sort of his favorites and players that have been loyal to him in the past and done a good job for him. Um, despite what their club form is or isn't, he'll, he'll stick with players that he knows and trusts, which I don't know is necessarily a bad thing, but I think this is why Harry Maguire's in the, in the squad, for example. But what I wonder is, does Harry Maguire start? Because... Again, loyalty to players that have done him well in the past, despite recent club performances. Yeah, I think um, I think he will start, and I think that it will be a four-four-two, or sorry, a four, a, a, well, a flat back four anyway, um, against Iran at the in the first game. I should point out to listeners: in addition to being English, I'm also half Iranian. So in this game, I have to kind of be a bit of a neutral whilst wanting both teams to do well. Um, but yeah, I suppose yeah, England is kind of like my my team. You could say um, I'm also German uh, so <laughs> in terms of nationality, so <laughs> I got many teams to support this time around. But yeah, with England, I think going into this World Cup, we're looking at a flat back four with probably Maguire 
and Stones, and I'm expecting Luke Shaw to play at left back, and I'm expecting. Oh, it's difficult, but uh, I'm going to say Kyle Walker. If he's fit, we'll start at right back. Um, you can argue Trent Alexander-Arnold. You can argue Ben White, who's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you could argue going for three centre-backs and playing wing-backs. But that's what I expect, and it's probably what I would choose myself. Because I don't feel like they'll be tested that much in the first game. Um, but I somehow feel like... With Ben White's form this season, him not being in the team is wrong. It just feels wrong. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about why that is when we, when we get into the midfield and the attackers. Um, Alan, anything to mention on the defence? No, on the defensive side, I think I think we're good. Let's talk about the midfield. Let's get into it then. So, central midfielders, it's the usual suspects. Declan Rice, for me, is England's second most important player behind Harry Kane. He's going to be a guaranteed starter. He's been an absolute revelation the last three seasons, so... Get him in there, you know. Bellingham, the surprise man of, of the last year in, the, in, in English football. He's managed to play his way into the starting eleven as a teenager who doesn't play in England. The thing I said about out of sight, out of mind, not the case with him. So those are the two I th- expect to start um, in the first game in a 4-4-2 or a 4-5-1. Either way, two central midfielders. Would you mix it up? Would you play maybe Mason Mount as, a, as one of the two? No, probably for for those guys. What I'm thinking about is sort of attacking midfielder. Well, we'll get into that uh, in a moment. Yeah, I think with the other positions, Henderson was always going to go. Um, Phillips, I personally wouldn't have taken him because even though he has been injured, and you can argue that's why he hasn't been getting games, even before his injury, he was coming on at the end for four minutes. You know, he's not somebody that's playing week in, week out. He chose to go to Man City for money and not for footballing reasons, in my opinion, and he should have been punished for that. But... It's like you said before, Gareth Southgate has his favourites and it's seemingly Gallagher now is also in there ahead of James Ward-Prowse who plays every minute for his club and is the best free kick taker in the world. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I expect to be the case. Now, where it gets interesting for England is when, the, when you talk about attacking players. Now, this can be attacking central midfielders like Mason Mount or could put Grealish in there or Foden in there or James Madison as I've mentioned this can be the wide men Rashford Sterling you know take your pick (laughs) Um, and this can obviously be Harry Kane as an out and out striker now when I ask you about Harry Kane Alan what do you think of do you think of him as a out and out goal scorer do you think of him as a creative second striker do you think of him as give me your thoughts well my first thought when you mention his name the image that comes to my mind is him scoring but um, no he can he's a creator as well and uh, you see you see for Tottenham his link up with uh, with Son as well like they they do magic together sometimes sometimes uh, Son getting forward and, and him feeding or sometimes Kane forward so he's he's a little bit more dynamic than just like a fox in the box kind of striker exactly yeah and I think that that's while, it's, it, while it has the potential to be England's greatest strength, it's actually been their biggest weakness in the past two years, let's say. The reason for that is, um, Gareth Southgate has got his kind of favourites, and Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, and Raheem Sterling are those favourites when it comes to the wide positions. And what happens in a lot of games is that teams play very, very defensively against England, the, the guys I've mentioned, Saka as well, those four, they don't get the space. And then Harry Kane 
thinks, right, I need to drop deep and become the creative player. And he does, and he's excellent, but then there's no one to aim for. There's no one that's making the runs, there's no one that's getting on the end of crosses. So I feel like having a Mason Mount, having a, you know, a Grealish that plays in behind a front three doesn't change that. This is why I think <clears throat> the inclusion of James Madison is so important. If you start James Madison in the World Cup, first game against Iran, we, I say we in this context meaning England, um, will score four or five goals. Madison, you keep giving him the ball, he is England's Kevin De Bruyne, that simple. And Harry Kane won't need to keep going deep to look for the ball, he'll be the guy on the end of it. So I think, for me, I would play Kane with Madison in behind him, Sterling to his left, and take your pick for the other position. You know, I think it will be Foden. If you want to play Saka there, I have no complaints about that whatsoever. If you want to play Grealish there, fine by me, you know. But what I don't want to see is a situation where there's like this creative gap in, in the attacking midfield position for England. Harry Kane drops deep and there's no one to aim for. Unless you're going to take, you know, whoever's starting, Mason Mount, for example, off and play Harry Kane in that position and bring on, you know, Callum Wilson... Fine, but then do you want your best striker to be your creative midfielder as well? It doesn't quite make sense. And I think that's the reason why England have been, have been found out in this Nations League. And that's why I think the inclusion of Madison is much more important than the, the inclusion of any other attacking player apart from Harry Kane. I think you've got to play Kane and Madison together the way that Man City play Haaland and De Bruyne together. They can be the two. And then you've got the same wide men as, as uh, Man City in Foden and Grealish that you can play on the opposite wings. They used to have Sterling as well. I mean, that's, that's your ready-made options. Alan, what would you play in terms of the front four for England? No, I think what you've laid out is, is what I would do as well. My question for you is, though, do you think Southgate will play Madison? We've talked about his favourites in Madison. No, not from the start, sadly, no. I think he'll play Harry Kane as the starting striker. I think he'll play Mason Mount as the attacking midfielder in a three. Um, and I think he'll play probably Sterling and Foden as the starting wide man, which is the same front four that started in the Euros. Doesn't quite add up, because I think how can you look at Saka's form and not have him in there? But I still feel like he'll be overlooked for a starting position, as too will uh, Jack Grealish. But yeah, that's what I'm expecting. True. My other question for you is, what do you think about the exclusion of Tony? Well, this is the thing. It was always going to be Kane as the starting striker, but there's an argument to be made. You have to have a backup striker, arguably maybe two, and he's gone for Rashford because he makes sense because he can play as a striker and as a winger, and his form's been great, so I've got no issues with him being in the squad. The... There's an argument to be made for Abraham, there's an argument to be made for Tony, and there's the same argument to be made for Wilson. And whichever of the three was left out, you can complain about it. There's no reason why you pick one over the other over the other. Abraham, you can argue, great season last season, but he's been a bit off the boil this season. Only scored three goals, I think, in the league, and that's, that's not good enough, ultimately. Wilson, excellent in form, but he is very injury-prone. Would I take him? Personally, I would have taken Tony because I think Tony's been in great form for the last three seasons without ever really having a dip in form. And he's in form now and he's scoring and he's doing well. He is a bit more dynamic for me than Wilson. 
Um, Great penalty taker as well. Yeah, that too. Which, you know, if we go into a, yeah. a knockout, it could be a skill that is required. I mean, we saw what happened in the last, uh, last tournament for England. So I personally would have taken Tony ahead of Wilson and Tamori ahead of Cody. But I think the rest of the squad is pretty much what I would have taken. Um, maybe Gallagher out and well, Gallagher or Phillips out for James Ward-Prowse but I don't have any major complaint with him missing out because he hasn't quite been at the level that's required one question I have for you Alan mm-hmm. who would you start at right back at right back yeah or would you even play a right, a right back yeah, or would you no, play no, a no, wing back I don't know I, I really do like Trippier <laughs> just because he can uh, he, he's got the quality with with uh, Dead ball situations as well, but uh, yeah, him or Walker, I guess, between them two. Yeah. It's amazing that we talked about the entire squad, and I didn't mention Trippier once. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And actually, he's, he's probably the most in-form English player in the Premier League this season. And I, for some reason, didn't even mention him. But we've, yeah, we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, we've got Kieran Trippier, we've got Kyle Walker, and Ben White's been playing most of this season at right back as well. The options for right back are ridiculous, and I do believe he's probably going to find a way to play two right backs. Obviously, I don't mean playing four four two and just having two guys at right back, but <laughs> one as a third um, centre back and one as a right wing back. That's how I actually see it going. Um, and actually, I'm going to retract what I said before about Kyle Walker. I think Trippier will start at right back, and I think he deserves it. And I also feel like, um, yeah, dead ball delivery. If um, if Madison's not going to be a starter, you've got to have Trippier on the free kicks and the corners, and he'll do a great job for us. Yeah, no, I think I think, and you mentioned this is the first time that you've seen a, a full England squad of world class players, and there's even some that have been left out. Uh, it just shows you the quality, the depth. Yeah, yeah but. There's, there's nobody that's just a passenger on this team, really. Like, there's quality. Well, man, there's a few picks that maybe we wouldn't have done, but there's quality throughout this team, and that's what makes them, I think, a favorite. Yeah. One of the favorites, and I think... Yeah, one of the favorites. Like we talked about in the Canada episode, um, you're looking at a team of great players, but Davies is really the one. I think when it comes to England, what people need to really understand is the true individual brilliance of Harry Kane. He's not just a goal scorer. He's not... You know, you see a lot of people online who say... Oh, you could only score penalties. I mean, you have to be a certain level of idiot to think that way. Whether or not England win it or get to the semi-final even, it depends a lot on the, on the form and the fitness and the, the ability, really, of, of Harry Kane. I mean, we say this now, there's still one game of, to go in the Premier League. He might get a broken leg this weekend. You don't know. Oh, and God. The whole conversation changes. But for me, England um, will... Not win the World Cup. They can. They have the ability, but they won't. And I think that Southgate's tactics will be their downfall. He fully deserves the right to still be manager, despite having a pretty terrible run in the Nations League, simply because look at the last two tournaments. It's a final and a semi, something we haven't achieved for 20 years or so before that. So, yeah, but I think that he will ultimately be his downfall. And I feel like England will lose to the first decent international football nation that they come up against with whether that's Brazil, Argentina, France, Spain Germany arguably even though we did beat them in the last uh, last tournament 
Belgium, I mean, yeah, take your pick. I just feel like England won't quite have the, the, the ability to win because of the structure, because of the shape. But if there's one man that's going to make the difference for me, excluding Harry Kane, of course, it is James Madison. He has that it factor that I don't think that Foden has, that I don't think that Greenish has, that I don't think Rashford or Sterling have, um, or Mason Mount. I feel like he, he's the wild card. He's the, the joker of the pack, you could say. And I'm delighted to see him get in the squad, but now I want to see him get his chance on the field in Qatar. All right, well, I think that is going to wrap up our English preview episode. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to the World Cup, as I'm sure all you are as well. And uh, just stay subscribed, stay tuned to this channel, uh, because there are more episodes to come.